Step into a world of magic and limitless possibilities with me, your host, Katie Soul. I'm not just your average podcaster. I'm a former Fortune 100 exec who dared to escape the rat race and embark on my own mystical journey. Together, we'll discover that a mystical life is not something you stumble upon. It's a life you consciously create. Join me as we explore inspiring stories of extraordinary souls who fearlessly pursued their dreams and unlocked their inner radiance. Welcome to my world, where magic awaits and your light shines bright. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mystical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Soul, and I am so delighted to have my friend, Melinda Shimei, with us today. Welcome, Melinda. If you could please share with us and the audience, who are you really? Mm. Mm. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and connect with you and your audience. Yay. I love this question of who am I really, because I am in a period of transition right now. I have just retired from a 14-year career as a trauma-informed psychologist, and I am in the process of stepping full-time into my work as a sacred feminine priestess. Yes, thank you. I am also a mother to two amazing daughters, a wife, a business owner, an author. I've written two books. I'm a former yoga studio owner, wellness center owner. I've had a lot of iterations in my life and career. And so right now in this moment, I'm really in an in-between place and trying to really lean back into that and embrace being in the fertile void and maybe Mm. not being able to articulate exactly where I'm at or exactly what I'm doing right in this moment, because mostly I'm doing a lot of resting. Mm. Which is so important when you're in that fertile void, you need that time to rest, to contemplate in order to then create in the future. So beautiful that you're honoring the place that you're in. And we can dive more deeply into that as we go on through this episode. And it's going to be so potent for our audience members who are in that fertile void themselves. Before we start, I like to start every podcast with a heart-centered exercise just to take us out of the mind, the busyness of the day, and drop us into our hearts. And I'm so excited that you have offered, and this is a real treat for me because usually I'm the one dropping us into our heart and having my fellow priestess sister here with me today. I'm so delighted to gift you this time to help us drop into our hearts and for the audience to also learn a new practice from you and from me too. Beautiful. Yes. I'm excited to guide you through this. All right. Yes. So let's begin. If it feels supportive, you can close your eyes. Of course, if you're listening while you're driving, keep those eyes open. 
Mm. But if you're in a place where it's safe for you to do so, when it feels supportive, I'll invite you to close your eyes. And let's all just take a moment to bring our awareness inward. A beautiful way to do that is simply to begin to connect with your breath. So just feel your breath flowing in and out of your body. And there's no need for you to change anything. But often when we bring our awareness to the breath, it will change just because of that awareness. So you might find yourself breathing a little more deeply or slowly. There's absolutely no right or wrong way to experience this practice. So just leaning into your own experience, trusting yourself, your breath and your body. And as you connect with your breath, go ahead and notice the support underneath you. Maybe let yourself sink a little deeper into the chair, couch, your bed, wherever you might be in this moment. And then take a moment to feel into the support of Mother Earth that is there with all of us at all times, even if you're up on the 30th floor of a building, just let your awareness drop down, 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 all the way to the earth beneath you. Maybe even letting it flow all the way down into the center of the earth, really feeling that connection. And as you connect with and lean into that support, see if you can let go a little more. Maybe the breath becomes a bit deeper. Perhaps you feel some softening in your face or your jaw, your shoulders. Letting go just a bit more. And now from this place of being held and supported, I invite you to bring to mind something that you are feeling grateful for in this moment. It might be a person who you love deeply. It might be a place that brings you so much joy. Could be an experience that you have had or even that you're looking forward to having. There's no right or wrong answer. Just trust whatever pops into your mind first. And then I'll invite you to really connect with this object of your gratitude. Use all five of your senses to tune into this person, place, or thing that you're feeling so grateful for. Really bring an image of it into your mind's eye. Notice if there's a smell associated 
or a taste. Notice what you see, what you hear, what you feel on your skin. Let it be a whole body experience and let yourself stay here for a few more breaths, really connecting. And as you do, notice how it feels in your body. Where is this gratitude located? Is it in your heart? Is it in your belly? Maybe it's in your hands or your face. Again, there isn't a right or wrong. Just notice what's true for you. And then imagine that feeling as a glowing ball of golden light. And see just how big you can let that feeling grow. Let that light grow. Maybe it grows all the way up and out through the crown of your head, down your arms, out through your hands and fingers. Perhaps you can let that glowing light make its way down your legs and out through your feet, your whole body aglow. Letting your very cells memorize this beautiful feeling of appreciation, love, awe. And as we prepare to bring this exercise to a close, maybe you'd like to set the intention to remind yourself to connect with this feeling throughout your day, throughout your week, knowing you can always return to it using your breath, your mind, your imagination. This feeling is available to you in every moment. I'll invite you to take one more deep breath. If you've had your eyes closed, sometimes it can be nice just to rub your hands together to create a little heat. And then you can let your hands come up over your eyes so that your eyes can open into the warmth and the darkness of your palms. And then gently releasing your hands. Coming back into the space. Wow. Oh my gosh. That was such a treat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Mm. My pleasure. Thank you. Mm. So good. Oh, what was coming up for me is I had one of those mornings this morning where I was dropping my son off for golf with his buddies, dropped my daughter off for sewing camp, was coming on to podcast with you and teach a class for soul school later today. And I had one of those mornings where I just felt this deep, deep gratitude that everyone in my little family unit was doing something that we're deeply passionate about today. Mm. And it felt so good. And thank you for letting me deepen into that memory and that moment from this morning. Mm, so beautiful. I love that. What also came up for me is that we met 13 months ago. Yes. In Avalon. And if I remember correctly, we were both late editions. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So I remember Kalila. We were with 
two of our priestess mentors, Kalila and Diana Debro. And I want to share a quick glimpse into my story of what brought me to Avalon. And then I would love for you to share what brought you to Avalon because Kalila told me we knew that two more people would join and we're holding this, these spaces open and they happen to be the two of us. So I think that's potent and important to share today too. Yes. So what brought me to Avalon is I was in my friend, Sarah Jenks, a mutual friend of ours. I was in her living room and I started to see this vision of women gathering in this sacred place. And I'm starting to describe it to her. And she says, that's Avalon, Katie. And she says, and my teachers, they're going in like a, a month or two. And I said, well, I, I'm going with them. And she said, no, 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 you can't go with them. It's been sold out for you know months and months, like six months it's been sold out. You cannot go, but you could, they'll probably do it again next year and you can go with them then. And I just had this surge through my body, this inner knowing that I was going to be there. And at this time I was still working in corporate America. I hadn't yet left my job. And I went online that night. I filled out the application, which was somehow still alive on the internet. Kalila emailed me back the next day and she says, you're in. <laughs> and then things just started rapidly happening. Left my corporate job right before we went to Avalon and had this really deep experience with you and Kalila and Diana and all the sisters that were there. And so that is what brought me to Avalon, trusting that inner knowing, even though it seemed wild and crazy and not practical. Tell me what brought you to Avalon last summer? Mm, yes. Oh, this is so good. I love it. I had goosebumps as you were telling your story. Yay. So my story begins with Sarah Jenks also. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> I had never heard the word sacred feminine temple, had never experienced anything like that. And I think it was the end of 2021, I saw a very short, you know, less than 60 second video on Instagram from Sarah advertising one of, I think it might've been one of her first temples, the winter solstice. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is for me. I need to be there. I need to experience that. And as soon as I went to the first temple online, virtually, but you really feel like you're there <laughs> with Sarah. She does an amazing totally. job. I was like, I need to do this. Like, this is what I need to be doing with my life. Like, I felt it so clearly. This is the thing that's been missing for me. Mm. So... I attended all of Sarah's temples online and I signed up for the temple guide training with Kalila through the priestess presence temple. And I had just happened to be doing some of the online work for the temple guide training and following link after link. And I arrived at the application for the Avalon trip. And I happened to be in Boston at the time because I was coming to the Beltane Temple with Sarah in person. 
And so I'm in my hotel room filling out this application and like texting my husband. It was May and the trip was in July. I'm like, I think I'm going to England in July. Like, <laughs> So I filled out the so application good. and then I came to the temple at, at Sarah's that evening and I was telling her, I was like, I just applied. She's like, oh, it's been sold out. Same thing. She's like, it's been sold out forever. And I'm like, oh, darn, you know. And I was like, I guess I'm not going. I thought I was, but I guess I'm not. And it was a very similar situation. Just a few days later, I got an email from Kalila saying, you're in. We'd love to have you. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. <laughs> so it was amazing. And I was actually there for my 44th birthday, which felt really magical. Oh, so magical. Your angel yeah. birthday. Yes. And to be in England and be surrounded by all these amazing women and powerful priestesses. I just, I knew it was going to be life-changing. And it really was. And I had had the thought in the back of my mind for a long time that it was time for me to step away from my therapy career, but I had really resisted it because I loved the work that I did as a therapist and I had the most amazing clients who I adored and I just couldn't imagine that I would step away from that. Um, But when I was in Avalon, it was really clear that I needed to do that. And I may have even told you like, okay, I'm thinking two years, I can do two more. And now here we are a year later and I'm, I'm wrapped up already um, because those timelines, you know, seem to shorten quite a bit when you are on the aligned path. Totally, totally. And it's been so beautiful to watch you over the past year really speak to your transition of moving from your therapy practice really into this deeper work with the divine feminine. And I know it's really, really scary to leave behind something that's successful and working and provides for your family and and you and you enjoy. So tell us how did you really get that inner gumption to trust the deepest deepest knowing that your purpose was taking you even further on a new path and t- just walk us through what was that like how did you feel how did you actually get yourself to the point of fully leaping yes i'm going to start way back in 2008 actually yeah let's do it that <laughs> so, feels like such a potent year mm, yes i that was the year i turned 30 and i really mm. spent the first 30 years of my life just trying to please other people. Oh, yes. Trying to stack, you know, mm-hmm. the imaginary boxes that society mm-hmm. puts out, trying to prove that oh. I was good and worthy and, you know, do all the things for other people. And so what was happening in 2008 was that I had finished my PhD. I was in my first job in my career. I was doing very well. I had just been offered a big promotion. I had this beautiful, fancy office, and I felt empty Mm. and anxious. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time crying in my fancy office. Mm. And I just didn't know what was wrong with me because on paper, everything looked amazing. Yeah. 
So I thought, okay, here I am with my first, you know, real paycheck. I'm going to take myself on a yoga retreat. I was practicing yoga already for like five years at that point. So I invested in a yoga retreat. And on that retreat, I really met my soul for the first time. Oh, it was so powerful. Yes. We did a meditation around just what we really want. And I had never asked myself what I really wanted. I only had asked myself, what do other people expect from me? What Mm -hmm. will look the best? What will earn me the most reward? I had never said, what do I really want? Mm -hmm. And the answers were right there. As soon as I paused and turned and really opened up, I, I heard and saw everything so clearly. I saw that I wanted to teach yoga. I saw that I wanted to spend more time with my family. My job at that time was very demanding. I was working at least 50 hours a week and it was very exhausting work that left me with not a lot to give when I got home. So I saw all those answers very clearly. And this was just a couple months um, before I was to be married. So I like to joke that he he did still marry me because I went <laughs> I went home from the retreat and I said actually that promotion I'm going to turn that down and I would like to work part time and open a yoga studio and so my lovely husband Michael did support that <laughs> beautiful go Michael <laughs> and that's what I did so I went part time at that job I opened a yoga studio. And my big dream at that moment was to open a wellness center in my community. I live in Niagara Falls, New York. Um, There are not a lot of, even still, wellness resources in our community. So I really had this vision. I knew exactly the building I wanted to do it in. This beautiful 120-year-old stucco building that used to be the rectory for a church. I knew exactly where I wanted it to happen. And I actually, that building was for sale and I went there and I toured it and I was like, yes, this is my place. I could totally see it. And I said, I just have to come back with my husband. And then it sold. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I know that's supposed to be my space. So I kept on working part-time at my job and I had my small yoga studio and then a year later, it was for sale again. And that's when oh, I <laughs> goosebumps. Yeah. So that was my first like huge dream. I left my job in 2009. I opened a wellness center. I brought my yoga studio there. That's when I started my private practice as a therapist. And I was really living my dream. I started teaching online. I began my self-care course, which I taught for many years did mini retreats and things. I was doing all the things and really loving it until it was the 2020. Yes. It was right before the pandemic, but intuitively something in me may have known that Hmm. I was doing all the like end of year accounting. I had three different businesses. I was managing the yoga studio, the wellness center, my therapy practice, And I heard that little voice of my intuition saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, what? I was like, this is a dream. This is the big dream. You You felt the whisper. I felt the whisper. And at first I was like, that can't be real. I have to ignore that. Like this is my identity was really steeped in that. Now it was 11 years. Like I was the yoga person. I was the wellness center lady. Like, you know, everyone in my knew me for that. And I had converted my yoga studio to 100% pay what you can. So it was really 
serving the community and so aligned with my just personal mission. So I could not believe that I was hearing this. <laughs> but I also know not to ever ignore that. So as much as it scared me, I said, I always say it first to my husband, I was like, I think I want to sell the wellness center. And he was like, okay, okay. And what I realized is that I really wanted to simplify. And again, it didn't totally make sense to me. And, and this is kind of where I am right now too. Like, I don't exactly know what's next, but I have to just lean in and trust. So I did. I closed the yoga studio. I sold the wellness center. I rented a small office for my therapy practice. And I freed up a ton of my time. Beautiful. And that really aligns with when I opened up and saw the sacred feminine practice and ceremony that I'm sure has been there all along, but I didn't have eyes to see until I had the space in my life. Yes. Um, and so really important. stepped into that. Yes. Yeah. And so again, I had had the, the whisper because I've mm -hmm. always throughout my career been doing many things, teaching online. I've written two books, teaching yoga, doing workshops, all kinds of different things. And I have heard the whisper before, like, you have to let go of the therapy to really fully step into these other roles. But just as you were saying, it, it's provided such financial stability for me. And it's something I really enjoy doing. But I knew, I, I just really heard when we were in Avalon, that it's time to let go of the really good thing for the thing that just might be the great work of my life. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. So you have some practice <laughs> in this surrendering process. Do you feel like that makes it easier each time that you do it? Or is it just different every single time that you go through that practice of surrender? Because we do need to surrender things. We need to release them. That's why in Soul School, my first module is Shed the Shit, which is sort of a provocative phrase, but really what the meaning behind it is, is that we have to release the old ways of being in order to create space for new experiences, new knowing to come in. And you've done this many, many times now. So tell us, does it get easier or is it, you know, similar feelings and do you move through it more quickly? What's it like as you've been building this muscle? I want to be able to say that it's easier, but <laughs> that hasn't been my experience. So shoot, I was hoping it got easier. No, I, I don't think, I think it's sometimes, um, the same. Yeah. And it's, it's easier in that I really do have this foundation and, and the foundation comes from my spiritual practices mm. and I am going to be okay no matter what. I really yeah. truly do have that within me. Yeah. And I also have, you know, the worrying mind part that most of us have. That's like, well, what are you doing right now? Like you're not doing anything. <laughs> so, and I think this, this, in between time, this liminal time is different for me in this particular moment because previously I did already have the next thing kind of planned out. 
Like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And right now I have tons of plans and the goddess has told me, you know, screw your plans to put it politely, (laughs) forget your plans, forget your deadlines. I have all kinds of little lists and charts. And she's like, no, no, that is not what we're doing right now. What we're doing is you just need to be where you are and you need to not know and you need to feel like you're flailing around in the dark and you have to trust. I have to trust that it's going to be revealed to me. I'm just hearing very clearly this time that if I push ahead with my cute charts and plans and three by five cards, I'm not going to do what I'm really meant to do. And this was such a huge leap for me because I really did walk away from something like that I loved. When I left my job in 2009, I skipped out of there. I was grateful. I was happy. Mm. I was thrilled. This has been a gut wrenching, Mm. heart rendering, you know, grieving process to say goodbye to women that I have worked with, some of them for 13 years. Yeah. Like, You know, people that I have known from the time they were 10 till they were 21, like that's a huge developmental period. Like it's really been a very different experience. And I'm being told so clearly to honor that and to not Mm. rush into the next thing. Mm. And of course I have the part of me that's like, but you know, you do need to earn money. (laughs) Yeah. The mind, the mind. Yeah. And I'm like, Today, do I need to earn money? No, today everything's okay. So I'm just trying to take it like, you know, one day at a time and trust that what is happening for me internally is so big that I I can't worry about like this day-to-day stuff, if that makes sense. And I want to say, I know there's a ton of privilege in that, right? I'm very lucky that I have a husband, you know, with a steady paycheck and a savings account and all of those things. So I, of course, want to honor that not everyone has that privilege. And I don't take that lightly. Um, and I don't have it forever, but I have it for right now. So I'm trying to just really, really lean into that and know that this is another initiation. Totally. And in a society that wires us to do, 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 resting is really a practice that we have to learn how to do, how to really get comfortable in the fertile void, in the space of deep rest, because it's not how our society teaches us value. And when we relearn how to rest, we learn There is actually the deepest value in resting, in getting quiet, in getting into that contemplative state, because that's actually where we can rejuvenate, we can be dormant, we can give ourselves that space to come back alive and grow in a new and different way which is so exciting. I'm so excited for you. And what I think is really potent too is you and I both are Virgo moons. And as a Virgo moon, that means that we have spent lifetimes priestessing. 
And so that's something you and I both innately know how to do. And so in this incarnation, it's really just about remembering, oh, yes. I remember, I remember this. And then you're a cancer sun. Mm-hmm. And tell me, what's your rising sign? I'm a Libra rising and mm. then a Leo Venus. Okay. Ooh, we have so many similarities in our charts. I have a lot of cancer, Leo, but then I have a whole like big, big Sag thing going on too. Mm. <laughs> Ooh. So tell us back to the priestessing. You went to, you've been studying with Galila. You went to Avalon. You're hearing the goddess speaking to you. And how do you priestess in your day-to-day life? What does that look like for somebody who might not really understand what the term priestess means? And how, how are you holding that archetype as you walk through life? Mm, that's such a good question. And I feel like there are just an infinite number of ways to priestess in your daily life. For me, a lot of what my priestessing looks like right now is really being devoted to my personal practices. And I, this is part of my human design too. I am not, I am not an expert on human design, but just from the little bits I've studied, I'm really here to do my inner work and then come back to the community with what I have learned mm. and share in that way. What What are you in human design? I'm a four, six generator. Okay. I figured you had a six in there. Yeah. So I have been for a long time, but I continue to be really deeply devoted to my personal practices, which at this point is time at my altar every morning where I anoint myself I meditate, I pray, I write in my journal, I pull cards. And then that's really for me. But again, if something comes up that I get the hit is for the collective, I might share through just social media, something simple. Um, So being really devoted to my own practices and writing is a huge thing Mm -hmm. for me. Um, as I have mentioned, I've written two books. I write a weekly love letter to my community. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that is really a way for me to share. I, as much as I'm chatting here, I feel like I communicate things better in writing. Like that's more Mm -hmm. my style. Beautiful. I'm the opposite. Getting me to write an email. So everyone who is on our email list, um, I know our emails are wildly inconsistent. Definitely join Melinda's email list for her beautiful love letters. Listen to our podcast, but join her email list. Yes, and that's okay, right? It's beautiful. It's okay. There are all these different ways because there are people that prefer to take things in through writing and people that prefer to take things in through audio or video. Yeah, so it's great. Um, And then I have been, I took a pause as I was winding down my therapy practice, but I have been offering in-person temples in my community Mm. every month. And I really, really love doing that. And I'm definitely going to get back to that. I'm just listening. Again, I I have the voice in my head that says, well, to reach more people, do it online. And then I have the part of me that knows that in person is like where I shine. Like that's my, that's my place. So I'm just, you know, working through that. 
Um, and also I led a retreat last year and I just led a retreat a few months ago. And that is another place where I know that I really shine. Like that's my, if I could have this feeling every day, I would place. I absolutely love doing retreats and bringing temple into retreats. Just it's next level. It's amazing how powerful Mm -hmm. a few days can be. Um, Which makes so much sense too with your human design is you really as a generator need to be doing things that light you up. If it doesn't light you up, it's not good for you or anyone else. So if leading retreats is you shining, that's where you're meant to be. And also with that six in your profile, that's the wise sage. And so you are really meant to be here sharing your wisdom. And what a beautiful way to do that through in-person temples, in-person retreats. I love that so much for you. Thank you. And it has been really healing for me to learn that about human mm-hmm. design and that yeah. generator, because it's the opposite of how I've generally lived my life. Like I Again, those first 30 years, it was just 100% about what do other people want from me? How can I keep everyone around me happy and peaceful? You know, And then I took these steps for myself, but it was never like the huge, like what would really be just amazing, right? Like for my whole job, just to be spiritual practices and spiritual guidance and mentorship and ceremony. That's like such a wild dream for me. I can't believe that I did it. I I mean, it hasn't, you know, I did do it because I'm in the in-between. Like, I can't believe that I let myself do that. And actually learning about human design was part of that because it helped me to see that I'm not actually serving the world the way I want to. If I'm making myself do something that I'm just so, so, or even like, oh yeah, this is good, but not great feeling about it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. I agree. It's actually in this course I'm teaching right now, it's part of our second module around finding your purpose. And I use the map that is human design as an instrument in the course because I believe we come here with all these different maps, whether it's gene keys or astrology or human design. Human design for me is the easiest one for lots of people to understand. And so we utilize that map in the section around finding your purpose because it really is quite illuminating. I felt the same way when I started diving into my human design and my purpose or life theme in human design is to snap people out of their minds into their hearts to experience higher states of joy, love, bliss, and ecstasy. And once that clicked in, and because so much of the work I do now is actually moving down away from the mind, quieting the mind where I say our human self lives and coming into our heart where our divine self lives, it feels so in sync and in alignment with my design. And it's a beautiful, beautiful way to live. I'm also a generator like you. So I really do need to be lit up by what I'm doing. And so for me, being in like a corporate world, I just felt bored. 
I didn't feel enlivened. There were moments that I felt alive and excited, but usually those were when I was having leading a meditation for my team or teaching them quantum spoon bending or having a one-to-one mentoring session and doing financials or you know day-to-day reporting or system stuff. It was interesting, but it didn't light my soul on fire. And as more of us can move into spaces that light our soul on fire, I do truly believe we actually light up the world as we do that too. So I love to ask this question. And it's a one question I ask all of our guests. And I want to know what lights you up right now? Mm, so good. I know you're in the fertile void, so yeah. we'll, we'll temper it with a, we might have to have a second session, um, a second podcast interview, but I know even in the fertile void, there are elements that are lighting you up. Oh, absolutely. And those are the things that I'm following, right? Yeah. Those things that light me up are the guideposts along the way where I'm saying, follow that. Right. My mind, again, my mind has so many beautiful organizational ideas and plans. And I'm really going, that's, that's nice. But what's lighting me up? What feels juicy? What, you know? Yes. So what's lighting me up? Something's always light me up that I've learned over the years, being in nature for sure. I live absolutely gorgeous place. Mm -hmm steps from the Niagara River where I walk every day and look at the river and sit with the trees and just it's amazing so spending time in nature always um sensual things so using my anointing oils taking a beautiful bath with candles and bubbles and salts and Mm. oils and just mm, feels so good so good I love reading and right now I am reading like just so fun, young adult, like fantasy fiction, just total permission to read like a teenager and I'm loving it. It's amazing. Amazing. Um, What else is lighting me up? Oh, like juicy, fresh fruit, especially local Mm. flowers like I love to have fresh flowers in my house all the time and on my altar and even just walking and looking at the flowers in the neighborhood and in my garden Mm. I love getting massages and pedicures like anything that just feels so luxurious and beautiful to my body and then really Mm. the thing that like just lights me up the most and always has is being in a circle of women, especially in a sacred container. Like it just, I would do it all day long every day. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Maybe we just start a little commune down the road. Even just being here with you today, this is lighting me up. Like just connecting with other women on that deep soul level is like, that's my sweet spot. I love it so much. Which makes so much sense as a Virgo moon because you've lived in that way for lifetimes. Yes. Yes. 
I'm also curious. So in the priestessing that we do, we work a lot with anointing oils and we all carry a specific oil. And I would love for you to share a little bit about the oil that you carry and what it means to you. Mm, I love this so much. So we were given our oil when we were on retreat in Avalon and we're sitting in this beautiful room with the altar and all the women. I think there were probably 25 or maybe even more women in the circle. And the amazing Diana Dubrow is going around one by one. And I had never participated in anything like this before. I didn't know anything about the anointing thing. Even before I went to Avalon, I had no idea. It was Nor a surprise for me. And another like, yes, this is for me moment. So, and you also subconsciously knew so deeply, I yeah. bet. Yes, absolutely. So Diana is describing sandalwood and she's saying it's the heart of the priestess. And I'm like, I've always been drawn to sandalwood. It's going to be me. It's going to be me. And then she says someone else's name. And I'm like, oh, it's not me. So I was like, that's okay. That's okay. I didn't realize at this point that more than one person could carry the same oil. And so in fact, when she got to me, my oil is sandalwood, which Mm. made so much sense to me. So much sense. Yes. I've been drawn to that scent and sandalwood beads for many, many years. Um, And just that phrase, the heart of the priestess, like that just makes so much sense to me. Living from my heart is so important. And I know that one of the things that just comes easily for me is unconditional love. That's that's something that I'm just lucky to be gifted with in this lifetime. Um, Yeah, so sandalwood is such a beautiful, again, it feels sensual to me and grounding. Like it's it's totally very safe feeling, um, which is so supportive. Mm, It feels just like you to me because you have this huge open heart and also a very earthly grounded presence. And so for me being around you, I feel very safe and held at the same time. Thank you. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. That was so special. I had a similar experience, not in knowing my oil, but I saw she had this beautiful tray with all the oils and they're all in these gorgeous little pouches. And there was this purple pouch. And I just had this knowing like, oh my gosh, that my oil is in that specific pouch on this tray of 25, 30 oils. And but I didn't know anything about it. I never heard of my oil. I just knew it was in that purple pouch. And when she shared the oil, she said, your oil is galbanum. And like, what's galbanum? And she shared that it's the light bearer oil. And it's really about shining in your full luminosity. And when you bring that light, you naturally are able to share it with the world. But in doing so, you have to step into your deepest truth and you have to really walk in the purest, purest truth. And so 
similarly to your year of unwinding, my year has been about getting deeper and deeper and deeper into my truth. And when I first left corporate, I built this beautiful marketplace called Mind, Body, Soul Market. And it was what I knew how to do at the time because I was creating a business. I was creating something that was financially viable, that was going to be something I could monetize and live off of and and support the collective and empower female entrepreneurs and a lot of good things too. And over the course of the year, what I realized post working with this oil was it wasn't my fullest expression. It wasn't my fullest truth. And my fullest truth is really about raising the consciousness of leaders. And I was hiding behind this business. And so I I had to let it go, even though I had just built it. And it was one of the hardest lessons to learn, to let something beautiful and new that I had invested time and energy and money into, but it wasn't my deepest truth. And this oil, because the oils stay on your body for six weeks at a time, and we're often using them daily. So you're really layering and layering and layering and deepening and deepening and deepening into the essence of this oil. Some people might use a plant medicine to journey. The oils work the same way on your body, they really are quite transportive. And so, It's been quite a journey of just unraveling and coming deeper and deeper into my truth and really letting go all of those people-pleasing aspects, which I know you touched on earlier. And even though that inner people-pleaser comes up, I know that I have to walk in my highest truth as we move forward. So as we start to wind down, I'd love for you to just touch on when that people pleaser inside of you comes up. How do you walk in your highest truth? Mm, Yes. Such a good question. So as a therapist, one of the modalities that I use the most is called internal family systems. Mm -hmm. just, very short description. It's the idea that within all of us are a lot of different parts. We all have a little family inside of us. And this is not you know, to be pathologized. It's not a disorder. This is just being a human. We have different parts of ourselves. It's very normal. And I use that framework to work with all the different things that arise in me that I know are not what we call in internal family systems, my core self, you might call your true self, your highest self, Mm -hmm. spiritual self. So when the part of me that worries about what other people think and wants to keep everybody else happy arises, I welcome her with open arms and tell her that she is loved and welcomed here and important And I listen to what she has to say. I might do that in a meditation. I might do that in my journal. And I hear all of her concerns and her worries. And usually it boils down to what if everyone leaves me and I'm alone? Mm -hmm. And I can let all the parts of myself know that 
they'll never be alone because I'm always going to be here with them. And so that practice alone usually creates a shift and usually gives me the information that I need in order to take care of myself and just move forward. I will often also share with someone else, someone who I know is capable of holding space for me, someone who I know is doing their own work to be mm-hmm. on their highest life path because Absolutely. many, many people are still, and it's understandable, in a fear space. And right. So you I have found you really have to be mindful about who you go to when you mm-hmm. are doing something like what we're doing, because most people are not doing this. Most people are trying to fit in and and walk the path that's been set out for them. And that makes a lot of sense because safety is a huge need for all of us. (laughs) So I'm mindful about who I go to and I, you know, can get some reassurance there. And then I always imagine like my internal world is like the bus And all the parts of me can be on the bus, but I am really particular about who drives the bus. Mm. (laughs) The person in the driver's seat, I want to be my core self, my mission, my most wide, connected inner self. That is who drives my bus. And it might scare the crap out of the other people. (laughs) It scares the people pleasing one. It scares the one who's worried about money, you know, all of those things. Um, but that's who stays in the driver's seat. So oh, really, so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, just a lot of self-compassion and understanding and making space and then just being mindful about where the decisions come from. And I really work to have my decisions come from that core self. Mm, all right. I'm seeing my highest self in the driver's seat of my bus, and I'm really, really loving that visual. I think that's going to help a lot of people who are listening today to really come into a deeper understanding that all of those parts of you are valid and beautiful and you get to choose who sits in the driver's seat of your life. And somebody said to me recently that the best way to conquer fear is to agree with it. And I thought that was really beautiful. So those on your bus, those parts of yourself on your bus that are fearing feel, fearing fearful, being able to say to them like, hey, you're right that this is scary. Yeah. This is a scary thing we're gonna do. But that core self who's sitting in the driver's seat is gonna do it anyway. Yeah. And that core self to me has a direct connection to the goddess, the universe, whatever word we would use. Yeah. And we're being looked after and guided and Mm -hmm. helped on our path. And we can trust that. Yes. That bus is illuminated in light. Absolutely. Okay. I think that's a perfect place to close out for today. And I would love for you to share all the places that the Mystical Living audience can connect with you, deepen with you, learn more from and with you. Beautiful. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook, just my name at Melinda Shimei, which is S-C-I-M-E, not how it, not said how it looks. 
Um, and my website is easy. It's just melindashamay.com and you can see all my products there. And when I do have offerings, they'll be there also um, and learn a little bit more about me that way. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for all the wisdom you shared with us today. And I'm so grateful that we have magnetized into each other's lives and are on this beautiful journey of life together. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. It was beautiful to be with you. I'm grateful for your presence on this remarkable and captivating journey today. Together, we've delved into the realms of limitless possibilities and unlocked the secrets of our true selves. A mystical life is not a mere coincidence. It's a thrilling adventure that you actively shape with intention and passion. Remember, when you follow your light, you not only illuminate your own path, but you also radiate light to the world around you. The world eagerly awaits the magic you have to offer. Follow your light and let it guide you to incredible heights.